you and to have this fellowship with your people. We pray for the children, Lord God. May they continue to fall in love with you. May they continue to be amazed with you, Lord God. And I pray for the teachers, Lord God. Give them the patience. Give them the love. Give them the grace for those children that you have given to them, Lord God. And Lord, I pray for the same thing tonight, Lord God. I pray for your wisdom as I speak about your faithfulness, about the gift that you've given us, the fruit of the Spirit. And Lord, I pray for your wisdom and I pray for the Holy Spirit and all your people. May He be the one to give them the clarity of whatever it is that you want them to know. And I pray that they will submit, Lord God, if it is a, a correction in their lifestyle or in their faith. I pray, Lord God, for that soul that still needs to surrender their life to you. I pray, Lord God, that this will be the evening that they will do so. Father, be glorified and be magnified. Override my preparations, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, if you don't have a Bible, please raise your hand and um, our deacons will hand you one because we might experience a blackout. Uh, one here for Sister Jeannie. I know you think she memorized the Bible already, but she forgot her Bible. <laughs> At least she's honest, right? Some of you guys won't even raise your hand. You don't have your smartphone, you don't have your Bible app, you don't have your Bible. So if you need a Bible, we were experiencing some fluctuations earlier. So uh, it'll be good if you have your Bible and your cell phones because you might need to use your flashlight to see me. <laughs> okay, anybody else who needs a Bible? Everybody have their Bibles here or Bible apps? Whichever works. Nowadays, it's whatever works. All right, let's begin. I titled our message tonight... Lean on me. I know Mikey said, oh, you, you're going with another song title, huh? And uh, you'll find out why I, I uh, chose this title, Lean on Me. Because if, if, if you guys, this was popularized back in 1972 by Bill Withers. This is the lyrics of this song. Some of you are singing now. It says, <laughs> sometimes in our lives we all have pain. We all have sorrow, but if we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll, I'm trying not to sing it. I'll help you carry on, <laughs> for it won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lean on. Please swallow your pride. If I have things you need to borrow, for no one can feel, fill those needs, fill those of your needs that you won't let show. You just call on me, brother, when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a problem that you'll understand. We all need somebody to lean on. Another beautiful song, right? The karaoke. Uh, fiends here were like, oh yeah, I'm going to sing this tonight when I get home. It's true. There's so much message and there's so much truth in those lines. That's why, it, that's why it's popular up to now. We all need someone to lean on from time to time because we all, if we're all going to be honest, we all have bad days. There are, sometimes there's more bad days than good days. And it's always good to have somebody to call or to lean on, right? And that's why our, our, our 
if it's going to work. Our first slide is um, it's not communicating. The first slide, which is our fruit of the Spirit, again, we're all going to recite this. We're going to be tackling the faithfulness part. So, please read along with me, or you can recite it if you've memorized it. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our, all of us. Okay, again, <laughs> I know we're Filipinos. We don't like to stand up. We don't like to raise our hands, but... This is your participation. This is the only time you can talk. Later on, you don't get to talk. All right. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So faithfulness is what we're going to be tackling. The original language is pistes. Pistes, meaning... Fidelity and faithfulness. It also stands for trustworthiness and reliability. Also dependable, reliable, trustworthy. So, we have to know that there are times that we are counting on certain people and they fail us. Sometimes it's us who fails them. There have been promises that's been made to us that were broken, and we've made promises that we've broken. What is easier, to make a promise or to keep a promise? If you don't know the answer, talk to a married person. <laughs> because when they said their vows, it was so much easier. They were so in love. They were so beautiful. The wife was the most beautiful bride in the world that day. The handsome guy was the husband, the groom. And they made that commitment. Till death do us part. And forever I'll be faithful to you. Oh yeah. <laughs> then comes the children. Then comes the bills. Then comes the in-laws. <laughs> right? And then it became difficult. It became difficult for them to be faithful. For the parents, we make promises to our children when they come out. Oh, baby, I'll be there for you no matter what. And then they become teenagers, right? And then we say, golly, I can't wait for you to turn 18, right? So, but they're... There, it's so hard. If your experience is just like mine, where promises have been broken to you and things haven't been solid, your foundation is broken, there's nothing that you, no one you can lean on, there's nothing that you can lean upon, there is one person that we can truly lean upon, and that is God. And that's our first point here. We, first point is we need to understand that we can lean on God. We can depend on Him. He is trustworthy. He is dependable and He is reliable. In 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful. Somebody say amen. amen. By whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. He called you and He will see, he will see to it that you will finish this race. So the problem is not going to be with Him. In our lives here, in our, in our Christian lives, the problem is really not on God. The problem is us because God will always supply whatever we need. Whether it's through trials or through temptations, 
He has so many promises and, and he's always faithful. He will keep it. The question always is, and the problem always is, are we, are we faithful? And we've been very careful here in saying to say, the, to make you think that you need to try harder to produce these fruits. Because it's not. We don't produce these fruits. It is the Holy Spirit that produces these fruits, this fruit in us. They're all tied together. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, right? Everything, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness. They're all tied together. But it is the Holy Spirit that will produce it in our lives so long as we are willing. So long as we are willing. In 1 Thessalonians, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. What will he do? His promises. God never, God never promised that you will get everything you want. God promised that you will get everything you need. The dissolution of a Christian the complaints, the Christian that complains and have problems with God are the ones that have made it in their mind, that made something up in their minds that said, well, God promised me. I prayed for my husband who was dying of, of cancer and God promised me that he will heal him, but God took him. Who, where in the Bible did it, was, is that promise in? Well, God, God gave me her as my wife, and he promised me that things will be better, but now she's like the worst thing that ever happened to my life. God promised me that he will change her. Who promised you that? There's no promises. There's no such thing. We the, the biggest problem is we make promises. We think we, we make God as a genie, and we don't read our Bible. And we don't know enough of God. We make up a God in our minds and in our hearts. And then we place the blame on him when he doesn't follow through in our imagination. God is faithful. though. God is faithful. The truth about everything that he said here has come true and will come true. But you have to be connected. It has to be his promise, not yours. He is faithful, church, and we need to understand that. Skip Isaac said, and I quote, Your outlook is depending on your uplook. Your outlook in life depends on your uplook. If you are looking at God and you know the right things about Him, you understand the truth about Him, about His faithfulness, about His promises, about His love, about His will in your lives, you will, you, your outlook will be clear. There's no questions. There's no doubt. Even when things are going wrong. Romans 8.28 And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. Those who are called according to His purpose. God didn't promise us a better roses, right? He promised us it's actually the opposite. He said, in this world you will have trouble. But behold, I have overcome We deny it though. We refuse that. Right? We refuse it. Because we have better things to do than study the, the word of God. We have better things to do. Some of you guys, don't raise your hand. You watch the end game. And it, I, heard, I heard 
It's three hours, and I'm dreading to go because it's three hours. Three hours. And some of you are excited to do it. Some of you will probably go for the second time. But those same people I will ask, have you finished the Bible from cover to cover? Will you actually take three hours lifting and studying your word? Or do you send me emails saying, your preaching's too long, Pastor. <laughs> you need to cut it down to 35 minutes. <laughs> you're bo I get it, though. I'm boring at times. Many times I am boring. I'd rather be saying jokes here than the truth of the Lord, really. <laughs> Because you came, come up, you came here for a stand-up comedy, right? No. You, you came here, hopefully, to study the Word, whether it's comfortable for you or not. Whether it's comfortable for me to say or not. Correct? You didn't come here to get entertained. Correct? Yeah, some of us are shaking our heads because that's the truth. But you see, we make fun of mega churches and their, all their gimmicks. They have helicopters dropping the pastor in the middle of the stadium. With a parachute, right? We, we have dancers in the back as the pastor is preaching. We have fireworks. We're laughing, but people are supporting those. They come from mega churches. We don't want the truth of the Lord. We want something easier, something watered down, something that will go down so much easier. That's the kind of God we want, like majority of us. But the truth is, we need to know who God is. We need to study and remember Romans 12 too. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. His good, His good, His will. Not ours. It's different, church. We are living in a world that even God, we want to change for our liking. We want all the features in our car to our liking. Oh, I like my MP3 music to continue to play when I'm, you know, the features now are mostly about music, mostly about the comforts. You pick a car, hopefully you pick the car because it suits you, right? But that's not the same with God. God is the truth, and, but He is faithful. He will continue to do what He said. He will follow through with His promises. But we can't dictate to Him. That's one thing we need to make clear. That's one thing we need to accept. That's one thing we need to surrender to. That's not even in my notes. That's the problem right now. <laughs> I'm down 10 minutes here. God is faithful. Amen? And He wants, to, he wants us to become like his son. And he said that he who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Who will do it? Us? He will do it. And praise God he will because if it were up to us, we will fail. At least me. <laughs> I know if it were up to me, I will fail. I'm celebrating. Today marks my fourth year of when God called me. Uh, Judges 6. Gideon and it falls on a Sunday perfect God called me to serve him in this manner in this capacity which I dreaded I was just talking to my brothers early I dreaded doing the welcome and opening prayer much more become a pastor but God called me four years ago and he said there which is which is one of the biggest biggest factor why I made the leap 
because he said, but I will be with you. Because I told him, like Gideon told him, but I'm the weakest of my family. And I, th I told the same thing to God. Lord, I'm inconsistent. Pick someone else. Pick the other guy. He wants it. <laughs> I don't want it. Take him. But God said, but I will be with you. I will be with you. Who is with us? God is with us. The Holy Spirit is the one that will produce this fruit of faithfulness in us. If we think God is faithful, He wants us to be the same way. And He will produce that in us. For many of us, for many times, we have been in the receiving end of broken promises. That's why our trust to other people is no longer there. Right? Parents, I'm talking to the parents right now. You are still the biggest influencers in your children's lives. It's still not the movies, praise God, although it has effects. It's still not their environment, although it's, it's part of it. But the parents, still, this is, this is backed by, by, by psychology studies. Parents are still the biggest influencers of the children. So if we want our children to be faithful, are we faithful to them? Have we made promises that we haven't kept? Are we just so easy to make promises just to make them shut up? We have to think about these things. And to the husband and wives, faithfulness is an unspoken word, although you uttered it at the altar if you forgot. It shouldn't be said that, okay, make sure you don't cheat on me. When I lose my sexiness, after I have the fourth baby, you're still going to be faithful to me. Make sure you still find me attractive when I have the daddy bod. Don't be looking at the younger. You know, we don't say those things. It's a given. Because our God is faithful and us believers, we also have to be faithful. Now, again, I'm not saying to try harder. I'm saying be more obedient, be yield to the Spirit, and let the Holy Spirit produce that faithfulness in you. Next verse, Numbers 23, 19. God is not human that He should lie, not a human being that He should change His mind. Does He speak and then not act? Does He promise and not fulfill? And in Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways. Your ways my ways, declares the Lord. There is a big gap between man and God. Amen? Praise God for that. Praise Him for that. Because if God is like us, oh my gosh, He's going to be un... He's not going to be dependable. He's going to be inconsistent. And He's going to lie. Because some of us, we lie for our comfort, for our convenience. Because you're running late and you get the call. Dude, where are you at? Five minutes. <laughs> but you're just getting in the car, right? You come home, your wife texted you a grocery list. And you come home and, and you forgot. And you say, I didn't get your text. Is Anna Lou here? <laughs> and we lie for our convenience so that we don't get in trouble. So that it will make our lives easier. Right? Oh, just, just clock me in. Clock me in because I'm, I'm, I'm like five minutes away. 
Okay, yeah, I will. I'll just give you a double when I get there. Right? Sometimes we do these things just to cover us. But God's different. God is totally the opposite of man. Whatever God said he will do. I love that about him. I love the fact that he is not like me. I love the fact that everything that he says will come true. I'm waiting for him to take me or for him to come now. Because I'm waiting for that life with eter for, with eter for eternity with Him. Life of no more pain. No more tears. I'm waiting for that. I'm looking for that. I take, I take so much pleasure when I do the funeral service for believers. I, I, don't, I will never do a, a funeral service for an unbeliever because I, they probably won't like me. But when I stand there and I say, we know where she is at. We know that she is now in the arms of Jesus. I praise God for that. Because I am sure. Because the other promise that God has made is, for, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. What a promise. That it is not dependent on us. Because if it were dependent on us, my goodness, if we just look back about our day today, or like, what is it now? Six o'clock? How many times did we fall before six? We come to church and we see our, our brother that we don't like to see, and we're like starting hating him. Oh, gosh, he's still here? <laughs> he still hasn't found a church. We're hating. And when we're hating our brother, we're committing murder. As Jesus said. Right? There's such a big gap. And I love it. Our God is faithful. If your father has failed you, your earthly father has failed you, God's not like him. And I praise God for that. Because I, I don't have a good one. And I, I praise God that, that Alonzo is not looking at me mostly, but looking at God because I probably failed him from time to time. So that's why the difference between, we need to, we need to know the difference of God the Father and His faithfulness and everything about Him from us. Our second point is our faith in the storm. God is faithful to make us faithful, right? The Holy Spirit makes us faithful during the times in the storm. Because how do we flex, how do we grow our muscles? <laughs> It has to be a workout analogy because I've been working out. So the, how do you work out your muscles? You carry heavy weights and it will hurt. That's why we don't do it, right? That's why I, when I was working out, I'm like, this is, now I remember why I stopped doing this. Because <laughs> it's painful. But how do we grow our faith muscle? It's through the storm. Look at this. Remember this? The disciples saw Jesus do miracles already. They seen his power. And then they were in the middle of the storm and they were worried because this was no joke. This storm was, gonna, they really thought they were going to die. They turned to Jesus who was sleeping like a baby and they said, don't you care that we're going to die? Sometimes that's how we pray to God. Lord, don't you care that my relationship is failing? Lord, don't you care that my business is failing? 
Don't you care that my children are my children, my child is sick? Don't you care that my health is failing? And then Jesus always responds with this: You of little faith, why are you so afraid? If you have surrendered your life to God, dying is actually graduating from this life. And you're stepping in to a more beautiful, more fruitful life. That's why I don't get it when believers say, Oh, not yet. I don't want to die yet. I don't blame you though. If your life is good, hey, praise God for your life. Some of you don't, you don't need to get there, I guess. But we need to see the excitement of it. We need to be, it's just like how excited you were to come here. Not, right? To come here every Sunday. You're looking forward to Sunday. You're looking forward to read your Bible in the morning. Like, ah, coffee and my Bible. There should be some excitement there. And then when I'm, like, this is me though. This is kind of weird. When I, when I feel something with my heart, I go, oh, I think I'm getting a stroke. Oh, oh yeah. No? Okay. <laughs> Never mind. It's just muscle. <laughs> It's like, I, you know, sometimes I'm thinking, okay, this is it. This is it. And, okay, never mind. I just tore a muscle. We need to be looking forward. We, need, we don't have to be afraid because God has us. Amen? God has our back. You know, I, I, there was this movie that I watched, and he was in trouble. He was in China. He was running. The, the soldiers were after him, and he was running for the U.S. Embassy. Because he knows if once he sets in there and he tells, I'm a U.S. citizen, I'm a U.S. citizen, he steps in there, then he's protected. But the protection of the United States of America. And once he got in there, it was so suspenseful. I think it was Richard Gere. He got in there and then the soldiers just, and then the Chinese soldiers were like, ah, gosh, we can't, we can't do it. Can't afford a war against the United States of America. You guys, you have the God of the universe, the powerful being. That's your God. That's our God. That's the one that gave us all these promises. And he is faithful to keep it. Psalm 107, 29. Jesus, basically, this is what he did. He calmed the storm to a whisper. And the waves of the sea were hushed. Jesus always Always hear that question. When you're afraid, always hear Jesus reply to you with his, this question. Oh, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And this is Paul. He wrote 2 Timothy. When he wrote 2 Timothy, he was in prison. When he, first, when he wrote 1 Timothy, he was in house arrest. So he was in the convenience of his rented house. But when he wrote 2 Timothy, he was under, he was, he was captured by, uh, it was under the Emperor Nero. And he was in, he was in, in a cave, you know, in a dungeon. He was in a cold dungeon. And he was chained like a criminal. Okay, that's the setting of Paul. And, but look what he says here. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. Paul. Not even, not even complaining. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. And if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. God cannot come out of his character. 
God's character is consistent. He will never change. He is the beginning and the end. All his promises to you, will it will come true. To all of us believers, all his promises to us will happen. But the one thing that I want you guys to see too is if we disown him, he will also disown us. God is also faithful in disciplining us. Amen? I don't care if you don't like it. That's the truth. He is also faithful in disciplining his people. He is also faithful in handing down the discipline. That's why when people say, I don't believe in hell. How can a loving God bring people to hell? Well, exactly your problem. Because the salvation is to take you away from that hell. He is faithful even with that. Next one. Hebrews 10.23 Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep His promise. Can we all say amen to that? Amen. amen. Do you believe in a God that keeps His promises? Amen. Your answer should be amen. And you know what? The as I was studying this, I was looking at materials. One thing came to mind. And I know I can't make this call. I've had these talks with Richard. I've had these talks with, with the youth. I know I don't know everything. <laughs> That's an easy one. <laughs> I know that I don't know everything. I know, I know grace. I know God's love. But when we were talking, when, when I read this, it, because God is faithful, He will continue to be faithful even if we are faithless. And I thought about this. Suicide. I thought about suicide. If a believer commits suicide, but a believer says and believes in a God can be trusted to keep his promises, If any of you are thinking about suicide right now because there's something in your, in, in your, in your life that's failing that you feel like it's not going to change because people that commit suicide are people with no hope, right? With, hopeless. But then, then your, your hope is not on God. Maybe it's time for you to ask if you really have Christ. If you're thinking about suicide. One time in my life I did think about this. I did consider that. This was before I accepted Christ. I came so close that I have the letter. I can't believe I'm sharing this. Not even. Yeah, I had the letter. It was ready. I was ready to do it. I wasn't a believer yet. Nothing was changing. My dad blamed me for taking his money. And I got in trouble. I got in trouble with, with my relationships and I feel like my life wasn't amounting to anything I, I felt like as my parents were telling me your life is not amounting to anything you're gonna be a loser forever you always procrastinate you're not gonna amount to anything and my best answer to my mom was like just wait <laughs> that's a joke <laughs> okay <laughs> I thought about it but then when I was working at the civil legacy and I was spinning this tray there was a Bible verse in there. What, what are the chances that there's a Bible verse on a tray? 
on a guy that's thinking about committing suicide. And the, it was Psalm 119. I forgot which part of Psalm 119, but it was where he said, I, the light, your word is my light. It's the lamp to my feet. And it comforted me. I copied that on a napkin. And I got home and I wrote again on the suicide letter that I think God is speaking to me. And I wrote that verse. Many years later, Annelou found that letter. Because she was going through the letters of my exes and she was making sure that if she burns it, <laughs> that she found this letter. And she said, oh, no. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but it was the suicide letter. Something that I considered of doing. But I, have, I shared that because many years later when I became a believer, challenges in my life didn't get easier. I had more challenges when I became a believer, but not one time did I think about committing suicide. Because I knew God will take me out. I just didn't know when. So believer, if there is something in you right now that you are trying to give up, you're giving up on Jesus, I would have to ask, where is your hope leaning on? To whom are you leaning on? You know, there's this Canadian who counted. He actually counted how many promises God made to man in the Bible. This guy had a lot of time. <laughs> 7,487 promises that God made to us men. Wow. And all we know are three, right? <laughs> So if you only know three or five or ten, you need to start reading your word. You need to start listening and doing Bible studies. You need to get in depth with this word because there's so many promises, believer. So many promises. You know, sometimes God wants us to wait for his promises. Imagine Jeremiah. Jeremiah, when, when he wrote Numbers, oh, not Numbers, when, when he wrote Lamentations, he was warning Israel for 40 years, the Babylonians will come here. They will take people. They will burn the city. He was warning them. But for 40 years, not even one soul converted. So if you've been sharing the word, sharing Jesus to your friends and your family, and it's been, what, five years? Don't give up. Sometimes God's promise takes a while. Because it's His time, not our time. Amen? Amen. I need to speed this up. Faithful no matter how painful. If you're a Filipino, you'll have that differently. Faithful no matter how painful. <laughs> right? Faithful no matter how painful. Hosea 1-3. to This was the Lord's first message to Hosea. The Lord said, Go marry a prostitute who has had children as a result of her prostitution. Do this because the people in this country have acted like prostitutes. They have been unfaithful to the Lord. Verse 3 says, So Hosea married Gomer. Imagine this. He's, Hosea, if you know the, the story, he's a pastor. A faithful man of God. Doing the right thing for God. And have been faithful to him. The last thing that he really wanted to hear from God is, Go marry a prostitute. Don't you agree? <laughs> But that's what he got. That's what he got. I would have got, I would have, what in the world are we talking, is this God? Is this the, did you dial the right number? I've been faithful to you. You're asking me to marry a prostitute? 
he was told to marry a prostitute. And look at, his, look at Hosea's faithfulness. So Hosea married Gomer. My gosh. So faithfulness have a lot to do with obedience. Do we agree? Faithfulness have a lot to do with us trusting Jesus. Amen? Faithfulness have a lot to do with trusting God's word. And then look at chapter 3, verse 1. So what happened is, Hosea, Gomer, went back to her old ways. Instead of celebrating, oh my gosh, I'm a prostitute, but here's a man of God that wants to marry me, I will turn my life around. This is great. But what did she do? She went back. She went back to her old life. And then look at God again, talking to Hosea. Then the Lord said to me again, Gomer has many lovers, but you must continue loving her. Do this because it's an example of the Lord's love for Israel. He continues to love them, but they continue to turn to other gods. They love to eat those raisin cakes. Those raisin cakes are, are, are the ones that are being offered to their, their pagan gods. But look, imagine this part. She already was married to a, a man of God and went back as a prostitute. And now God is telling Gomer, go back. Go get her back. And you know how it works before. There's a, it's in the marketplace and the prostitutes are there. And you know, if you continue to read that on your own, you'll see that she was being sold for half the price. Half the price. Because she's so worn out. <laughs> and here's Gomer, the man of God, saying, I want her. That girl. If you're the guy that's selling that, you're like, are you sure? That's like half off, man. You know, that's a clue. Get a clue. It's half, it's half off. But she goes, no, no, I want, he goes, I want her. No matter how dirty she is and continues to stay dirty. That's God's picture of his love to us. We are Gomer. God is Hosea. And he is faithful. God is faithful. We're the ones who are not faithful to God. We're the ones who fail him. We're the ones who turn around and make other things more important. We spend our lives doing these things, other things that are not amounting to anything that is glorifying God. But we say, oh, but God is faithful. Oh, my, I'm getting sick because I'm doing stupid things that God told me not to do. But God is faithful. He'll heal me. Can you just imagine that picture of Hosea trying to get Gomer again? And what is Gomer thinking at that point? What is wrong with this guy? He should be tired of me, but he keeps getting me. Isn't that like us with God? God continues to be faithful. God continues to take us, no matter what. And look at, and it says here, 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God doesn't say, you know what, Joe? You've done that again. That's your 99,000th time. No, I'm not going to forgive you anymore. That's it. I'm done. No. If we confess our sins, He is faithful to forgive us. That's our God. Amen? That's how faithful our God is. So we should be, in return, 
to anybody that we are in a relationship with. Because everybody here is in a relationship. It doesn't matter if you're not married. You're in a relationship. You have children. You have parents. You have employees. You have employers. So we need to also be approaching this in this manner. How God for continues to be faithful to us and forgive us. We also need to be the same way to our spouse. No matter how not deserving they are. Or to our children. We need to be faithful. We need to be trustworthy. We need to be dependable. We need to be reliable. Now if you were to step into a faithful scale. And say I had a faithful scale here. And one, one the arrow will either point to. What did I put here? <laughs> the, uh, steady Eddie. If you're consistent, if you're faithful, if you're dependable, you're reliable, it'll go steady Eddie. Or are you going to go to the other one where it says flaky jakey? If you stood on a, real, on a faithful scale, where would it go? Are you that person that people call and when you say, I'll be there, can they really count on you to be there? Or are you the person when you say, I'll be there, they're like, yeah, right. We'll see about that. And then when it comes to our relationship with God, are we that steady eddy for God? That no matter how difficult our circumstances are, how, ma how many challenges we're facing, we're saying, Lord, I'm going to continue to be faithful. No matter how many times that prostitute Continues to go back to her ways. And God tells us, go back to her. Take her. Are we the same way? Are we fighting the good fight? Look at Paul. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, there's elections going on in the Philippines, and they're going to use this when they lose. You know that? They're going to use this verse, but it's being misused because this is talking about our faith with God, us fighting the good fight for God. And we know, we all know that Paul did it. Paul did it. Paul lived it to a point that even up to 2019, we're studying his, 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 his epistles. We're benefiting from the truth because he has, was faithful to God. Are we the same way? Are we the same way? Are we faithful? There's a story about this, this uh, youth pastor that took a vacation in Hawaii. So he was lying in the beach, and there is this eight-year-old boy, you know. And he goes, excuse me, sir, I have a question for you. And the youth pastor goes, oh, okay. Is there, you know, he's getting his tan. He said, yeah, what is it, son? And he goes, do you believe in God? The youth pastor goes, do I believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. I, I, as a matter of fact, I'm a youth pastor. Oh, so do you go to church? He goes, do I go to, I go to church every Sunday. I'm faithful. I'm the first one there. I'm the last one there. So do you pray and read your Bible? And the guy goes, of course. That's how I do. That's how I live my life. So, okay, you believe in God. You go to church. You read your Bible and you pray. Yes. Can you hold on to my phone while I swim? <laughs> It'll come. It'll come. Do you get it? No. <laughs> Some of you got it. <laughs> because the fact is, if we confess, believers, we should be dependable. We should be trustworthy. We should be reliable. 
Because we profess a God who is dependable, who is reliable, who is trustworthy. And we need to emulate that. We need to be the same thing. That joke, I, I thought that joke would come out better. <laughs> well, forget it. <laughs> Tough crowd tonight. So I started, I started our message with the title, Lean On Me, which is a song. And I'm going to end it with a song. This is written by Thomas Chilsom. Only Pastor Charles know him. Lived, he lived in poverty. He lived in Franklin, Kentucky. And he dreamt to serve God in the ministry while he was growing up. But because of his poor health, he only got to serve in the ministry for one year. And then he became a life, he got into the life insurance business, which is terrible. But he said, and I quote, I must never fail to remember the faithfulness of a covenant-fulfilling God. This is the same person. He wrote many hymns. In many poems. And one of them is this hymn that I love. Pastor Charles loves all the hymns. <laughs> right? Great is thy faithfulness. Let me read it to you. You can sing if you want. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changes not, thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above, join with all nature in manifold witness. To thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Our God is faithful. Amen? Our God is faithful. He continues to provide for us, even when we don't deserve it. He continues to pursue us, even though we're so rebellious. He continues to be faithful, even though we don't deserve it. Let that sink in. And our faithfulness to God depends on how and what we know of Him. So our challenge is to know more of Him and to know the real Him. Our faithfulness to our commitments to Him and to others is the proof of the outworking of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As we see and realize and remember how faithful God has been to us, we need to remember that we too need to produce let the Holy Spirit produce this faithfulness, this fruit of faithfulness to our loved ones, even if they don't deserve it. Actually, especially when they don't deserve it. We need to be faithful. We need to be, you, if you're working for a company, you must be the, the most dependent employee. You need to be the employee of the month, month to month. They need to be, able to, be, to be able to count on you and to rely on you because you represent Christ. You need, to be, you need to emulate Christ in your life, in your faithfulness, in whatever that you do at your work, with your family, with your spouse, whether your husband's a grump or your wife is a nag. It doesn't matter. We need to be faithful to the promises that we made, right? 
when people see us faithful, it, we glorify God with our lives. That's the strongest testimony that one Christian can do. Our lives is the best testimony that we can show the world. Amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your truth, Lord God, about your faithfulness that is unbelievable, Lord God. Lord, we pray, Father God, that we will be faithful, that we will be surrendered to your truth and to your will. And I pray, Lord God, for my brothers and sisters, Lord God, I pray that they will have the hunger to get to know you, the real you, with their studies, with their with their reading, with their praying, Lord God, prayer life. I pray that they will continue to just be in love with you as you continue to reveal yourself to them, Lord. Father, I pray for blessings for your people who are here tonight. I pray that you, Lord God, meet their needs. I pray, Lord God, that you strengthen those who are, are losing their, their, their motivation. I pray that you just encourage them, Lord God. I pray for the broken hearts, Lord God. I pray that you mend them. And I pray for those who are in trouble, Lord God. I pray that you rescue them. And I pray, Lord God, for those who are sick. I pray for their health, Lord. We know that you are true to every promises that you've made to us. And for that, Lord God, we thank you. In Jesus